If you were here in the first service, I'm going to say all the same jokes I said earlier, so sorry. But um, I'm always a little bit nervous uh, to preach. I'm always a little bit nervous to play guitar, too. I played guitar last Sunday, and uh, I, I, sometimes it I, doesn't matter how much I practice, I get up, and when the music starts, and everyone kind of looks at me because I play acoustic, and a lot of times the acoustic guitar starts the song, Everyone kind of looks at me, and I get ready, and I'm like, I've never heard this song in my life. I don't, I don't even know what this is. And then the music play, and I'm just kind of looking around, and my wife knows me. We've done this so many times. She's just, she's like, okay, i, I got to start this. And my wife will sing, and I'm like, okay, I have heard this one. I know this one. So I start playing, and then I got it. And, uh, but preaching is a whole other thing. Uh, for a lot of people, uh, one of the most common fears in the world is public speaking, Nah, that doesn't really bother me so much. Um, I could get up here and talk to you just about anything and be pretty comfortable. Um, doesn't bother me too much to speak to a group of people. But, man, there's just something about being entrusted um, to preach the gospel that, and there's a lot going on. And not only that, but with everything, I know my family's been through a lot this last, you know, couple of years. Um, I would assume that all of you kind of feel the same. Man, life's been kind of crazy, and there's been a lot of things going on, a lot of hardships, a lot of strange times. Um, I know a lot of families in here have suffered just horrible things, and, and um, man, there's a constant battle and war that goes on uh, for our souls. And having the opportunity to get up and share the gospel and, and read the you know, God's word this morning is something that, that uh, man, I take pretty seriously. And so it's that. And then also, now that we do two services, sometimes you feel like the first one went good and you wasted the good message on the first service because there's not as many people. And then you come to the second one. That was always our joke. Man, wasted the good one on the first service. Like 14 people in there. So, well, hopefully, you know. Lord, Lord just blesses us today with, uh, with good word in both. Uh, I'm going to read. I want everyone to take out your Bible if you have one. If not, take out your phone. Um, I want us to, uh, to look at the word together. We're going we're gonna to read through the passage of Scripture that we're going to do uh, and then pray and then, and then we're going to get in here. So we're in Colossians chapter 2, uh, verses 6 through 15. I'll give you a second to get there. Someone asked me earlier if this was hard seltzer. I was like, no. But when I did first see this, I saw it at HEB, and the, uh, the lady checking me out was like, I, I was buying a bunch of energy drinks, and I'm kind of addicted. I have a problem. And she was like, I like those Alani ones. And I had saw it. I was like, that's a little too bougie for me. I mean, it's all fancy can, and they were like $4. I was like, I'm not buying that. Then they were on sale for $2, and it's delicious. So if you want something really good, energy drink, I like this one. All right, I think everybody's there. Let's, let's jump in. Uh, verse, we'll start with verse 6, Colossians chapter 2. Therefore, as you receive Jesus Christ the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. 
See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition and according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. In him also you were circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, by putting off the body of the flesh and by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God, who raised him from the dead. And you, who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses, by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them. Dear Lord, as we jump in the word this morning, I just pray that you would guide us, um, help us to just cancel out anything, God, that's not from you. Any words that I may say that that's not from you, Lord, that they would just fall on deaf ears, but that you would be lifted up, that worship would be would be given to you, Lord. Praise would be given to you, honor to you, glory to you, and that we would be strengthened through uh, hearing of your word this morning. In your name I pray. All right, so as we jump into this one, um, the first verse, therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Um, one, anytime I prepare to to preach the first thing that typically I go through is I, I'm just thinking about it. Uh, Jamie asked me about two or three weeks ago, which is perfect for me. Um, if you're a procrastinator like I am, if somebody asks you to do something three months ago, that just means you're going to wait three months to prepare. And that's exactly how I am. So Jamie asking me about three weeks ago was perfect because that gives me just enough time to, to be thinking about it and preparing myself. And man, the Lord just... He put something on my heart that was pretty clear. And um, as I was reading through this verse, it just, it just jumped out at me. And, and um, just as a person, I share my testimony a lot. I share my testimony with random people that I meet. I share my testimony with friends and family, with my children. Um, it's so much a part of who I am that it often just comes out and, and, uh, when I'm talking to people. Um, from time to time, I'll meet people, and I was just talking with JD when I'm at the gym. I like to talk to people. Uh, Cody knows that we've we've talked quite a bit at the gym before, and just any time I meet people, it just kind of comes up as we're talking. Sometimes you talk about you know life, and I was talking to this guy, and he was telling me about relationships, and he was asking me for advice, and I was telling him, and and I said, man, I I know how it is. I used to be like you. There was a day where. The things that you're thinking and wondering were the same things that I was trying to figure out. But I told him, man, when I was young, I gave my life to the Lord. and I got saved and my life just changed. And there was something that was different about me from that day on. And I never went back. And I've always been different. And I said, but, you know, and it kind of, I, I give that testimony a lot. I tell my kids that. I tell them all the time. I know the bad stuff you're doing because I did all those bad things when I was a kid, and so I know exactly what you're up to, um, which they hate it, but they also, it's a good thing, obviously, and, uh, but I was thinking about that the other day, and I was thinking, man, 
when I was first saved, like when I first gave my life to the Lord, there were some things going on. Like I felt close to God. I felt almost this sense of like power and, and felt like I was really in the spirit. Things were changing. Like my life was changing. So many things were being um, done. It just felt like God was moving in me. And, and for the first maybe year or two, it felt like, man, God, it's just awesome. And there was so much that happened. And I often look back at that time uh, in my early faith as like a time of power, like when, when God was really showing up and doing amazing things. And I was kind of challenged the other day by a friend. And then reading this verse, it just brought this idea to me. As you receive Christ Jesus the Lord... Um, so walk in Him. A lot of you guys, hopefully you've given your life to Christ at some time and you, you have that testimony where, man, things were different in your life, but then God saved you. And, uh, and ever since that day, you know, things have been different and you walked in that and you walked closely to Him. But as Christians, sometimes um, that idea fades in us and we just kind of get lost in the motions. And that's why he starts out this verse, you know, obviously talking to Christians, and he tells them, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walking in him. That idea of walking as a Christian, it tells us that it's a behavior thing. A walk is something that you do physically. Um, and it carries this idea of, of the way you act and the things that you do. So as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, walk in him. And then also this in him, it implies a union, a deep bond, like this intermingling of souls. Um, and it goes on to establish that even deeper, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See, there was a day when, when I was far from God, and, uh, and I was a young person, probably like 16, and... Uh, life just got a hold of me and I was doing bad things and I was just kind of out on my own and my mom was a, a single mother and she had recently given her life to the Lord and she wanted nothing more than, than for me to do the same and she was praying for me and she was trying to tell me she would come to my room and cry and tell me that I was doing things that were going to hurt me that the life I was living was not any good and I needed to give my life to the Lord and I just did not want to hear that I didn't want to hear it from her I didn't want to hear from anyone. And then one night she did the only thing she could do. She invited a pastor to come to our house. And, um, and this pastor, he didn't beat around the bush about his intentions on being there. He, he came and we sat down to eat dinner. And he kind of started right away. He said, Justin, do you believe in God? I said, I think so. I mean, I guess so. I don't know. And he said, well, how do you believe the world happened? Do you believe that God created the world or you know, what do you think? And I said, yeah, I think so. And he said, well, let me tell you something about God. God is holy. And the word holy means that God is set apart. He cannot be one with sin. His holiness means that there is no sin in him and anything that is sin is set apart from him. And he said, Justin, if you have sin and you die, you cannot be with God. The price of sin is death and eternal separation from God. And he goes, have you ever sinned? And I start to think about it. I'm like, like today? Yeah. And he goes through this list of sins. And he says, Justin, have you ever done this? Have you ever lied? Have you ever cheated? Have you ever stolen? Have you ever done any of these things? I'm like, 
I've done all of those things, probably today. And all of a sudden, I'm hit with this reality that my life is small and that my sin is big and that God is real and that I'm far away from him. And all of a sudden, life was scary. And I remember that very moment being afraid and thinking, this is real. This is me and I'm, I'm in trouble. And then he tells me about Jesus and he says, man, the good news is Jesus came and lived a perfect life. And you can be in him. All you need is faith. And he goes, all you need to do today is just surrender and just say, even if you don't know all the answers, if you, even if you don't know exactly what to believe and you don't know all the stories of the Bible, all you need to do today is confess that you're a sinner, believe in Christ, receive him in faith. And you can do that right now. You just need to pray with me. And he led me to Christ right there at the kitchen table. And my life was never the same. That was the beginning of a change for me. And this verse is so encouraging because it says, As you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught. Abounding in thanksgiving. Just as I received him that day, the Bible tells me to walk in that. To every day get up, put my faith in Christ. We lose sight of that so easily as Christians. And the next verse kind of identifies that. It says, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness deity dwells. And you have been filled in him who is the head and ruler of all authority. It's so easy to be deceived as Christians about how we should live our life. If you go on YouTube right now, I guarantee you can find a better looking, more entertaining, better speaker who's probably smarter and not drinking a pink energy drink. I guarantee you can find all those things right now on YouTube uh, within a minute. That does not mean you are not going to be deceived. It does not mean that that person is speaking the truth. There is all kinds of information out in the world. We actually live in a generation and a time where information is the number one uh, resource on the planet. I don't know if you guys knew that, but oil, diamonds, gold, none of those are the number one resource that we have anymore. Not even air, water, land. The number one thing that our world runs on right now is information, data. Um, there's more money being put into data, to information, than anything else. Is it all true? Well, if it's on the internet, it is, right? Everyone knows that. Abraham Lincoln said that, I think. Um, if it's on the internet, it must be true. Well, it's not. We're more deceived now than any other generation before us. There are more lies. Even though we're smarter and more educated than any generation, we're also more deceived. Um, I... I still remember the phone number from a commercial for a carpet cleaning service from when I was about four years old. Does anybody know any of those jingles or songs or phone numbers from back in the day? I do. I know several. I know the number to Dalworth Clean Carpet Service in Dallas-Fort Worth. If you need a carpet company, they probably closed 20 years ago, but I can give you their number. Um, we are easily influenced. We like to think we're not. People tell you, oh, I didn't fall for that. I go to a magic show. I knew the whole time. You didn't know. 
We're easily deceived. It's not even hard. We're easily misled and we're easily encouraged to do things um, that we won't want to do. Uh, someone just had to suggest this drink and then I took it from one time. Someone telling me it was good. You are easily deceived. But let me encourage you this morning. Um, that the one thing that we can count on is that if we are in Christ, that we can trust that, that we can know that if what we're doing, if what we're being taught, if what is leading us is leading us to Christ, then that's where we want to be. Because it says in verse 9, for in him the fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. And there's only one Jesus And he is the head and rule of all authority. If all else fails, if you're trying this book study or you're trying this series or if you're listening to this pastor and you're just not getting anything out of it and your life is still circling the drain and you don't know what's happening, you feel like you're losing the battle spiritually every day, go back to the beginning of this that in him... All authority, all rule, everything that we need is wrapped up. Go back to Jesus just the day as you received him. Walk in that. Because the day you received him, that's all you needed. If life was to end right there, did you need any of those other things? Nope. All you needed was him. Do not be distracted by the other things. I want you to learn. I want you to grow. I want you to increase in theology and knowledge and relationship with God. But don't be deceived that those things are more important than simply just knowing Christ and surrendering to him in faith. That's where it begins. And that is the most important thing that we can do with our lives. Verse 11 through 14 says, In him Also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of flesh and by the circumcision of Christ. Having been buried with him in baptism, you were also raised through him through the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. Um, And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him. Um, Circumcision, sometimes when you read the Bible, it's in there a lot. You kind of just tune out and you're like, why does it talk about circumcision so much? Like it's in here a lot. My son came home from church last week. He visited with his grandparents to a different church, and, uh, and I had to explain what it was to him. Um, if your kids don't know, I hope they ask you, not me. I don't like talking about that, but we talked about it. And, and the thing is, the reason why it's in there so much is such an important thing. It goes back to this covenant. If you don't know, it goes back to a covenant between God and Abraham. And it's a sign that these people are God's people. And then in the New Testament, there's a lot of discussion. Should Gentiles have to do this or not? Um, and they kind of go back and forth. Some people say they should. Some people say they shouldn't. Um, but here it's telling us that metaphorically, it doesn't matter metaphorically, God has done that in us through Christ. It says that we were made of the circumcision in a process that doesn't involve hands. Um, We were made a part of the family. If you didn't know much about circumcision, let me tell you something, it's kind of permanent. Once it happens, it happens. Can't really go back from that. And this metaphor is exactly that. It's, it's the beginning of this permanent 
change. And then he goes deeper into the metaphor and he says, In you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses. If circumcision isn't permanent enough for you, let me give you something else that is. I forget about the camera and I walk away. Um, Let me give you something that is permanent, death. It's as permanent as it gets for us. Nothing on this world lasts forever except one thing. When you die, you don't undie. And God said, if it wasn't enough for me to tell you that the old you was circumcised and that you were brought into my family, a part of my covenant, my promise, that you are my people, let me give you something even stronger. Your sin, the person that you were, And the separation that you deserve from God has been put to death. The day you gave your life to Christ, all those things were put to death. That is permanent. It's not temporary. It wasn't something that you just put on one day and it kind of fades off. It lasts forever. And he says that your sin, your trespasses, the old you, was put to death. And that God made you alive together in Christ, having forgiven all your trespasses by canceling the record of your debt that stood against you with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. God's perfect nature, his holiness, all those things demand that you have sin. You must pay the price. It cannot be with him in eternity because of this sin. And, and, and Jesus took that punishment for you. Not only did they put it to death, but they nailed it to a cross forever. It's gone. It's so easy to forget about the miracle of salvation as a Christian. It shouldn't be, but it is. We live our life every day, even after coming to Christ, forgetting about this miracle that happened. It was a big deal. The day that you gave your life to Christ, and I hope hope that you all have, the day that you do that, it's a big deal. It's also a big deal the next day. And the next day, and the next day, and the next day, because sin has no hold over you. It was nailed to the cross, and it was put to death. You don't have to keep living that life. It goes on into... Verse 15, and he says, He disarmed the rulers and authorities and he put them to open shame by triumphing over them. To say that life has been rough for my family for the last two years would probably be the biggest understatement uh, that you could possibly say. Life has been rough. Man, it seems like if one thing doesn't happen it's another thing and it's easy it's easy to get bogged down by that and I was talking to a friend a missionary friend a a guy that I love dearly and he he was listening and giving me advice and he prays for me and we finally got to meet in person I hadn't seen him in a long time and he goes Justin there's no victory in your life where is it like all these things, they can't hold you down. Like it's, it's true. Yeah, all these things are happening and they're bad. But he's like, you're a Christian, man. 
You live in victory. It's not this stuff. Not the sin, not the, the things that are trying to hold you down, not all of this bad things that happen to us. I mean, they're real, and we can't just pretend like they didn't happen. But Jesus is the one in victory, and we stand with him. The day that we surrendered our lives to him, we stood with him. When we go up in that water and we do a baptism and we show that, man, we were once dead, we go down under the water, we come back up all just wet and refreshed and looking different, that that representation is real. And it's not just the day you gave your life to Christ. It's every day that you come to him. Every day for now and forever. And that not only did the sin and these things exist in the world, Satan we know from the Bible has been given pretty much rule over this place that we live. But Jesus embarrassed him. It said it put him to open shame by triumphing over him. Our lives, when we give it to Christ, has been sealed and set in victory. I want to encourage you today, uh, the band's going to come up. Crystal's, I think, is going to play for a minute. Um, I want to encourage you today in something that I've had to do in my own life recently. I'm, I, I'm not going to get up here ever and, and, and tell you things that I wouldn't do myself or try to be fake. I want the Lord to, to lead me. And, and this is something that I felt like I've had to do in my spiritual life. This idea that as I received Christ, I need to walk in Him has hit me hard in the last couple weeks. As I've thought about, Justin, what is different today than the day that you accepted Christ? Has anything changed? Is the power still there? Is God still moving? Can he still forgive all the sin that you did yesterday, even though you're a Christian, and you still sin? Can God forgive that? Can God still work in you? Can God still move in you? Can God heal the brokenness, the things that are around you? And the answer is yes. Absolutely, every day, always, the miracle that began in your salvation is still available in every other situation in your life, even the ones you brought on yourself after knowing Christ, even the ones that exist and just come out of nowhere, no matter what happens, we have victory in Christ. What I want you to do is we're going to have an invitation this morning. I'm going to ask you to do something that um, you may not have done in a while, you may not have ever done it. But there's nothing magical about this altar. There's nothing special about it. But what I'd ask you this morning is if you're suffering and if life is getting the best of you, if you just feel like you're not as close to God as you once were and you've received him in faith, but you feel like maybe you're not walking in it the same way that you did at some point, I want you to come to the altar. Not for my benefit. If you don't want to, don't. But if you feel like you need to, do it. I'm going to be up here. I'm going to be praying. If you feel like you need to come to the altar today and receive Christ just as you did sometime long ago or sometime maybe recently, do that. Now, I also want to tell you, if you have never done that, if there's not a time in your life where you can look back and say, man, I, I gave my life to Christ on this day or this is the day that I believed in him. This is the day that I trusted in his power to save me from my sin even though I'm far from God and not deserving. If you've never placed your faith, faith in Christ, I want you to come up to the front. Terry and, and Jeff and myself will be up here. Anyone else, if you want to lead someone in prayer or you feel like you can do that, then come on up. 
But I, I encourage you this morning, if no one comes, that's fine. If you feel like you need to come, don't let anything else stop you. Come up here and get on your knees and pray this morning. I'm going to pray. And then as the music plays, we'll play this song. And if you feel like that's you, come up. Lord, I pray this morning for anyone who's struggling in that. God, anyone who has not lost their faith because we can't do that, but struggled in it, God. Anyone who has said, man, I'm just not where I was or I'm not where I want to be or I just don't feel like I'm living in, in that power. God, I pray that you would bring them this morning, that they would come and pray. And just as they did one time, Lord, they would just trust in you, that they would just have faith, that you're the same, that you've never changed, and that the miracle that you gave them to change their life, to, to save them from certain sin and death, Lord, is still available today to save them, to encourage them, and that we can all walk in victory, no matter the circumstance of our life, no matter the trials, the tribulations, the thing that we're going against. Every day we can wake up with victory and come with you and celebrate what you've done. Every day. God, I pray that people be encouraged in that this morning. And I pray that you would move in our church. In your name I pray.